The Bad and Ambitious Podcast is an unfiltered and authentic podcast where I will be discussing topics relating to self-improvement, finance, and relationships. I'm redefining what a bad bitch is, and I'm giving you the tools to be your most well-rounded and confident self. Follow me on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to podcasts. For up-to-date information and motivational content, follow my Instagram at the Bad and Ambitious Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello, baddies. Welcome back to the Bad and Ambitious Podcast. On today's episode, I have Camila and Paula of The Art and Hive, a creative brand marketing dynamic duo to talk about the basics of building a personal brand. Hey, guys. How are you? Hi. So let's talk about The Art and Hive and introduce yourselves. And then after that, we'll talk about how we all connected. Awesome. So I'll introduce Art and Hive and let Paula introduce herself. So essentially, Arden Hive is a creative marketing boutique agency, and it's created by clearly Paula and I. So we're two Latinas here ready to spark conversations, deepen connections, and make a positive impact. So Paula, why don't you tell us all about you? Yes, I'm Paula. So I currently have a full-time job, but I also work on the side with Arden Hive. This has been a little bit of a project in the making for the last couple of years so Cami actually took it on fully and I just kind of like come in and out but lately as of lately I really just wanted a bigger presence with Art and Hive because there's just so much information that I want to share that I want to build um, so I'm just a little bit more present with Art and Hive but it's really been Camila like the last two years but um, so I'll tell you a little bit about myself um, I used to be a singer-songwriter, like, my gosh, over 10 years ago. Um, And somehow along the way, I had, like, side jobs. I was a nanny. Um, I started working for a skincare company, um, picking up phone calls, and um, actually ended up really liking it there. (laughs) And I had a little bit of a vision with this brand um, and really decided to commit myself to continue working and learning everything that I could about skincare, ingredients, estheticians, um, worked my way up um, in the last 10 years. And now I this last year, I've had been promoted to creative director, um, which for me was such a huge success. It was like, you know, the big goal that I wanted to achieve. But um, yeah, so my team works on a lot of, you know, all the creative things. Um, we work on email marketing campaigns, on launching products. I've learned so, so much. And with all of that information, I'm the other half of Art and Hive. I love your story about how you started from the bottom and now you're here. And <laughs> we should also do an episode on that because I feel like for me, I'm almost 30, but I feel like I'm now an architect licensed and it's just crazy to even imagine that even three years ago, I felt like I didn't really know what the fuck I was doing, but now I know. And it's like in kind of like a short amount of time, like you can learn a lot and grow and be more confident in your skill sets. And that's ultimately what I feel like you like become more, you like grow into yourself, I guess. And mm-hmm. we're just yeah. Like- Yeah, a lot of it is really like dependent on you and how far you want to push yourself. Like no one's going to come and do this for you. No one's going to come and save you. And I really live by that philosophy. So it's really up to us to create that for ourselves. 
Um, I don't want to get too much into that or we're going to have like so many spoilers. Um, and I would love to do an episode on this, um, even just for my stance, because I have no college degree. And it was really just a lot of learning and putting myself out there and just dedicating hours that were maybe unpaid. But I knew that um, what was going to come back was going to be so much more greater than what I ever imagined. Yeah, exactly. So that means that you're bad and ambitious and that's why we're all here today so before we talk about what your definition is of a bad bitch Camila tell us like more about who you are yeah so I come from a very different background like Paula I essentially started out as a journalist so I used to be an on-air reporter and I reported in Spanish for over four years and I also produced um news newscast. So I worked for Univision and then I worked for NBC and I had a very traditional journalist track that, you know, I thought I was going to be this award-winning journalist my whole life that just kept going through that route and life takes its turn, man. And it just decides that it's going to be like, nope, that's not where you're going. And I ended up turning, putting my microphone down and really putting on my I want to say more creative hat on, which that's where I turned into the marketing side. And some people might, from the journalist side might say the dark side because they think that PR and marketing, it's like obviously where you go when you're done with news. And I think it's a bright side, honestly. It is so fun in this side and like working in marketing and social media, PR, it's a lively world. It's wild, but it's very lively and you can you get to help so many people, which essentially is what I live by. I just want to be a medium of communication that can help others share their message in a clear way to make a positive impact. Hence the motto of Art and Hive. It's really a compilation of what Paula and I truly stand for. And so once I migrated over to the marketing side, I worked in various agencies. So I've had experience in different industries, if you will. And then I I got a job offer, an opportunity at the skincare brand that Paula talked about. And that's where I met her. And I say that that's where I married her because now it's like we're attached to the hip. And it's like, since day one, she asked me out to go get tacos and the rest is history. And then... <laughs> So, of course, then I I spearheaded efforts there within PR, influencer marketing, and social media marketing. And it was a great experience overall where we did a lot of fun stuff from experiential marketing, which is like in real in-person events, digital events, uh, really building a community and building relationships around the brand, which is what we want to focus on when we want to create any sort of branding or brand. And... Those were so much fun, by the way, like, so before, like, digital events were a thing, like, we were already doing it, like, in 2019, October, I'll never forget, October 2019, (laughs) we put together this, like, huge event for this brand that we both worked at at the time, Um, and we did, like, this whole Facebook Live, and it was, like, a live launch with a live event, and actually, Cammie was the host, she was one of the hosts, so she... (laughs) took her journalism background into the event, which was really cool. Um, And then I worked with all the designers and the uh, video agencies to like really make this come to life. And it was just like such a cool event. But like now that's what you see a lot of brands doing post-COVID, during COVID, 
Um, so I just have to say we were doing it before it became a thing and it was like just so much fun. We met in February 2019. That's our anniversary. <laughs> and I had Gabby and Kat on from the Bessie's Unfiltered podcast, which we met them that same day. Yeah, I remember. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy how like that all came to be and like we're here now and we're just, you know, different people. That was kind of a long time ago. Yeah. And then because of your skills and like Darden Hive, I hired you to do my logo. So we did. Here we are. And you've definitely given me a lot of direction. And there's definitely a lot of knowledge that you guys both have about starting a brand and personal branding and Instagram stuff that a lot of people are clueless about. And I'm still learning too. But I think it's pretty cool that we all, you know, connected because you would always bring up Camila and I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> That's <laughs> me, baby. That's me. <laughs> so here we are. So what is your definition of a bad bitch? So to me, what does, what does this mean? Well, you say it's all about identifying your uniqueness and really sharing that with the world. So it's more about focusing on not being better than someone else, but being different. I think that's where the juicy thing comes out of, you know, like just it's okay to look at people and admire others. Definitely. But being a bad bitch is really going after who you are and showing it to the world. I think that's honestly the best way to show yourself at any moment at all times is just going with who you are and you got to embrace your own uniqueness and just essentially go with it. So I just want to give a little shout out to all the bad bitches out there being you, you know, because that's the fun part about just living this life that it's so short and it's like a blink of an eye. I mean, going back to your statement, like three years ago, you were such a different person than you are now and you've had so many accomplishments. I mean, all of us have. So it's like, that's where being a bad bitch is like you have taken every moment of your life and exploited to be be good for you and better for others. Right. So that's, that's where that's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, for me, just a little different. Um, being a bad bitch to me is creating your own opportunities. So for <clears throat> a lot of us, we tend to be so polite that we wait, right? Like we wait for others to go first. We wait for others to speak. We say sorry all the time, right? That's like a thing that women say sorry all the time. Um, and actually, those are all really great qualities, but. Um, we sometimes tend to forget about ourselves and what we want for ourselves in our life. Um, so instead of waiting for those opportunities, right, I know we were talking a little bit earlier about my um, trajectory of my career and just not waiting for things to be asked, like, Paula, would you like to do this? Or would you like to elevate to this role? Like I had to go out there and I had to ask, I had to create those opportunities because I knew that no one else was going to do that for me. And it was really up to me. So, um, and I believe that everybody has that right. You should be creating those opportunities for yourselves. And I, I don't know, to me, that's a bad bitch. Yeah. And I like that you were talking about how you asked for it. And for me, I used to be very quiet and kind of scared in my career because I guess there was some like imposter syndrome or something coming from like, you know, my background and like where I worked and stuff. So I think it was really awesome that you just asked for it. Cause even when I worked at Panera, I was so like scared to even ask for like a 25 cent raise <laughs> where like I never asked. And like, I was there for longer than a lot of people. And like, I never got the raise. So there's definitely a lot of lessons to learn. 
And I think the more you talk to more women that are successful, there's definitely different takes that everyone has. And the Mm -hmm. point is, like, I believe women should work together and not be competitive. Like Tammy said, Mm -hmm. like, you're not trying to compare yourself to compete. And to me, that's ugly. You know, I feel like we should all Mm -hmm. work together to, you know, help each other out and elevate each other. And I love that for us. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Imposter syndrome is like a real thing. And I'll tell you, it doesn't matter how far you get ahead in your career. Like, it still happens. And Like Cam and I talk about it all the time. She's like, I have, you know, she'll tell me her insecurity. And I'm like, are you crazy? You're like the most well-spoken, thought-provoking marketer that I've ever met. And she'll say the same thing to me. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I feel like I don't do enough. Like, it doesn't matter if you're in it for like a year, three years, you know, 10 years in, you know, in in your career. Um, I think it's something that it's, you know, it just sticks with us sometimes, unfortunately, but the way that we can always turn it around is to push ourselves to be better than, you know, mm-hmm. what we feel we should be. Like there's always room for opportunity and growth. Yeah. And it's crazy because I feel like you even said earlier before this, we started recording that I admitted that I'm a nervous person and you're like, what the fuck? Like I would never have thought that, but I guess the way, you know, other people perceive you is a lot different than like what you think about in your head. But those two people like that is valid, like your feelings and your insecurities are valid, because they come from somewhere. But also, there's also validity in your success and your outward appearance and like how you're actually projecting who you are as a person. And that's also valid because you wouldn't have gotten there, you know, out of nowhere. And you just need to meet in the middle and just be very understanding of like, okay, this is where I am. And let me not be insecure about this because there might not be val- validity to feeling stupid or like not good enough because mm-hmm. you are able to, you know, be successful and, you know, I guess give yourself credit. You know, what's one thing that like that whole statement reminds me of? Um, a mentor came to me and said, doesn't matter what point you are in your journey you could literally be right out of college maybe not even have gone to college like Paula but if you make yourself be perceived and you truly stand by what you believe you are no one cares at what level you're at no one cares if you're if you're an entry-level position individual or a manager at whatever or in a director position no one cares about your position People care about what you have to say and how you position yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's almost like the value that you're giving to your role, right? It doesn't matter how you got there. It's just, okay, what are you going to do with it? If you feel like you have a lot more to learn, so learn. And that's really mm-hmm. up to us. Yeah. And it's your energy. I feel like what people take away with them at the end of the day. And that's that bad bitch energy that you have to just, you know, <laughs> find within you. <laughs> I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So speaking about like your personal brand is curious, whatever. So who would need a personal brand? Because your brand is the energy that you give out. So why does that matter? I would say anyone who feels that they have a meaningful message that they want to share. um, Those that want to diversify their careers. However, I know, I know a lot of your listeners are influencers, up and coming influencers, or aspiring to be an influencer. So really, that's where we'll focus. Um, So this, 
this person might already be posting. Let's start there. Um, as an example, this person might already be posting, but if there's no consistency or goal and there's no purpose to posting, then who are they posting for and why are they posting? So as an influencer, I should be able to explain the type of person that is following me known as my ideal audience. Um, I should be able to answer that statement or I should be able to answer the statement. My audience follows me because of blank. So my audience follows me because I have a lot of e-com knowledge and I can help, you know, brands grow by X percent or um, my audience follows me because I have a ton of, you know, mommy hacks for newborn babies and, you know, small families that, you know, want their dollars to go a long way, right? Like those are all, um, you know, topics that you should be sticking to as an influencer. So the key is not to post for everyone, right? Like I just said, you have to really figure out like who is your audience and why are you posting for them and why? So this helps with engagement, likes, follows, growing your brand because your ideal audience will know what to expect. So if you have a meaningful message, you have to know what is that message that you want to share. Um, and that will really help you achieve that, you know, your personal brand. And I think that a lot of people don't think about why they're even doing this and why they're establishing a personal brand. Is it to make money? Is it for like ego? Do people want to grow followers just to feel cool? So, you know, people need to like hone in on their purpose too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and none of these are wrong answers. Like you could be doing it for, you know, to monetize your channel or you could be doing it because you really do have a meaningful, uh, you know, message to share. But if you don't know, again, who you're posting for and why, you're going to be all over the place. And you're not going to focus on your ideal audience because those are the ones that are going to consistently come back to hear every message, every post, every reel that you have to, you know, that, that you're creating. Um, I mean, yeah, your ideal audience would be your supporters and you, you want to make sure that they're supporting you with those same topics that they're coming back to you for, right? Like you are an expert at whatever that is. And make sure that you're sticking to that expertise throughout your journey as an influencer. Yeah. And there's no shame in trying to make money. I think mm-hmm. everyone wants money. There's We're living in a side culture hustle. But it's like some people just want to make money, but they don't think about they like they're not planning it accordingly. And they're not yeah. kind of using their skills and their like Cami said, your uniqueness to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Like usually you would have these key topics, which is what we call our brand pillars. Um, so whenever we talk to brands, those are the messaging points that whenever they send out an email, that's what they come back to. Right. So it's the same thing here. Whenever you post uh, a photo or you create a reel, that's what you come back to your brand pillars. So, for example, if I'm a mommy blogger who focuses on sharing baby finds and hacks on a budget for new moms, um, this person is not going to be sharing what she had for breakfast unless unless it's about a nutrient-dense breakfast hack for her child for, I don't know, a steal or something, right? Like you, you can get really creative in what you're going to post about, but always bring it back to those brand pillars. So if you're just posting a bunch of everything every day, then that just becomes like a personal diary. And that's just, you know, for your family, like for your family to know what you're up to. But 
if you're really going to take it seriously and you want to create a personal brand, you have to understand who you're posting for and why and stick to it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, what I try to think about is like, is this shareable? Is this entertaining? Cause things can be different. You know, you can also post a picture cause it's aesthetic mm-hmm. and you can market your aesthetic vibe, I guess, but you need to be strategic about it. Yeah. If, if this is what you want, this is, we're talking about building a brand, you know, people need to associate you with something. And Cami, you highlighted this when we had our call before about there's the value and the levels of problem solving. So can you talk about that? Yeah, of course. So it's, it's so valid what you guys are saying in that regard, because I think that, so let me just preface it before we get into that that a lot of times people think that, oh, if I just start posting, um, you know, I can build a brand and make make it so that it's profitable. And sometimes a lot of people get intimidated by thinking of a brand, right? Like thinking of like, wait, does that mean I have to develop a product or a service? When in reality, you are the brand. So getting clear on what is it that you're going to to promote, right? Is it you as the brand? Or is it you as a service or as a given product, right? So like that really is where it stems. And why that's important is because you essentially need to be solving one of the following three problems. You have either the external problem, an internal problem, or a philosophical problem. And those three levels of problems guide your storytelling which is essentially the backbone of your entire brand. So when you're talking, let's say, if we go back to Paula's example, right, in regard to uh, you're a a mommy influencer or blogger who focuses on sharing baby finds and hacks on a budget. Well, you're obviously going to be talking to first-time mommies maybe that are concerned about, oh my God, I want to give my child the best formula out there but it is so inexpensive, it's so expensive. And I don't know how to get to that point just yet. And so obviously, you're now attending to a problem. So you see how you're always problem solving their concerns through your content. So you always have to think about it from, okay, what's a problem that my audience has? And how have I had the experience to help them solve this one issue? And that could be at any level, right? But your content should always be focusing on what's a problem and how can I solve it? So that's really essentially something that we should always be thinking about when building a personal brand. It's essentially the the personal brand falls in the intersection between of who you have been, everything you've done, everything that you know how to do and that you've had experience with and then now you can share to others to provide solutions. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And also with that goes with building a community. There's a lot more people that are doing what you're also trying to do. So you can take pointers. I definitely don't think that anyone should copy anyone because that's mm-hmm. tacky. But there is like a benefit in community and being around like-minded people because they can uplift you and you can, you know, bounce ideas off of each other. That's how Paula and I met. We met in a community situation and, you know, look how far, you know, it took us. And also that's to do with trust. So 
if you are going to create a brand, like an actual product that's outside of you, if it has anything to do with you, or if you don't even want to put your face on it, there needs to be a feeling of trust. And Mm -hmm. that's a big part of it too, which is part of the community, which is part of, you know, solving a problem. If someone solves your problem, like your mechanic, you would essentially trust your mechanic because they solve your problem or like your doctor, you have to have trust in your doctor because they're, you know, maybe doing a surgery on you or whatever. If you don't trust your doctor, like that's scary. And you know, <laughs> trust is like a big thing. And I feel like people don't really think about these things, like building a brand, a product or building your own brand as a person, there's more that goes into it. You should like, look for resources because other people know shit that like you don't know if you're trying to make it maybe people are wondering like oh why is no one clicking on my stuff why can't I get followers why can't I get clicks why can't I make sales it's because these are things that people aren't thinking about and we're here to just solve your problem you know you're talking about a term that if people were interested in looking at it it's the no like trust factor it's literally what you're what you're speaking about and how are people going to click on something if they don't know you? If they don't even know you, are they going to like you? And if they don't like you, how are they going to trust you? So yeah. it's important to recognize that you got to start with the bare bones. You know, you got to build your credibility and why people need to follow you and for who you're attending your message to, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. There was something you said earlier, um, Mary, where you said that it has to do with like your community. So there could be a lot of people like, you know, you could be questioned as an influencer, you could be questioning yourself. Why am I doing this when there are so many other people? Um, and I think that really bugs people down and really limits them of their potential, even as influencers or even to someone that's creating a product. Um, I've been doing a lot of like product research um, as, of, uh, as of recent, um, just because it's something that Uh, I I really want to learn a little bit more about. And there are, for example, so many um, skincare brands now. There are so many um, hair accessory brands, right? There's just so much out there. But there's enough of the pie to pass around for everyone. So it really comes down to, and this is why, you know, as we're creating this personal brand, um, strategizing is just super important. And our key pillars are very important because, once we identify what those are, more than likely, or I hope that that's what sets you apart from other people that are doing the same thing. So you, you know, you segment that out, you know what you're doing, you are, you have your strategy and your pillars, and that's what you stick to. And hopefully, um, you are driven enough to start creating content that falls back on your pillars, but yet still puts you apart from a lot of these influencers that are also doing the same thing. And if you really think about it, everybody that's on Instagram, they're not just following one person that does that one thing. Like if I'm interested in home decor, I'm not going to follow just one home decor, um, you know, uh, handle. I'm probably going to be following like 15, I don't know, 20 of them, right? So there's enough space for everybody to have that presence. So I hope that that doesn't, you know, deter people from really wanting to achieve their goal. Yeah. Go back to being a bad bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you. I feel like when people have the energy of competition and comparing themselves or trying to copy other people like word for word, people see right through that shit. 
And someone might be scared to start whatever they're trying to do, but someone might be looking exactly for what you're going to bring to the table. Mm -hmm, And that should be inspiring because you could be a solution to someone's life. Like even with little things, like sometimes I make episodes and I feel like they're garbage or whatever, like the personal ones that I do, because that's more of like me just like giving a rant about something. But then people will like reach out to me like, oh my God, like that really helped me out. I'm like, cool. Like I was kind of doubting posting that, but it made someone's day and if it just makes you know it's like so corny but if it makes just like one person's day or like one person can get something out of it then I did what I did and you know good for me I guess and good that the people you know they're looking for stuff people like want community people want to feel like they're part of something and people should just attempt to just do it if that's what I feel like your heart wants is to like start this one blog or whatever, or just like post more about your life, then just do it. Like there's really no harm in that. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, so your reputation is Instagram and social media and everything. Like your reputation is definitely important. So let's talk about how like this whole digitalization of who you are as a person. Okay, so it's a, it's about really organizing your personal brand and it's kind of a, a loaded topic if you will but we can break it down and start from the very beginning and i think it all you know if we wanted to give it to want to give this to someone that is just starting now let's just say and they're really trying to focus on like okay where do i start if i want to build a personal brand you know you you would start by finding your uniqueness so not only does that make you a bad bitch, but it also helps you identify your footprint or the mark that you want to leave behind. And that's where you start working at understanding what do you want to be known for? What do you want to make people feel? So, you know, you need to discover those areas and really truly position it in the service of others because people are not going to follow you because you talk about you all the time, right? We follow people that kind of create these emotions internally for us that are either inspiring or thoughtful, provocative, you are generating and sparking these connections within people. So you would be surprised, but a lot of people struggle to try to figure out why should people listen to them? And that's what needs to be discovered, unpacked before even starting a personal brand. And like you just said, I mean, it is so important to recognize that building a personal brand is the digitization of your reputation. So it's not about your your fonts and your logos, your website. That's the tactical aspect of bringing your personal brand to life. But it's essentially what makes a personal brand strong and relatable and that people are going to want to follow it's about being like you've mentioned and like Paula has mentioned being you being your own unicorn if you will because yes there's 10,000 hundreds of you know hundreds of thousands of people talking about home decor or mommy tips and tricks but they don't they're not saying it like you would say it and you don't know who's out there that is actually going to resonate with the way you speak, the way you show content, the way that you edit your videos. I mean, there's been so many times that I've been trying to learn like DIY hacks to like, um, you know, like uh, kind of do things around my house. And I've seen 
hundreds probably of different people doing it and it takes one account for me to be like oh shit I finally get it you know so it's important to understand that people pay money and buy services or products and follow people on socials if you're helping them solve that internal problem and if you're able to share the message in a way that truly connects with them so you don't need these millions of followers to make millions of dollars or whatever your goal is with your uh, presence on social media or presence anywhere what you need is a clear message that is going to help someone go from point a to point b to transform their life, whether that's a simple tip that is going to make their days easier or a hack that is going to help their family thrive. You know, that's what you need to be able to understand for yourself before anyone can understand you. So if you can't answer what you offer in like one sentence, then your audience won't stick around because as we all know, a confused mind never buys. You know, so like buying doesn't mean buying a product from you. It means like even hitting that follow button, they're buying into your personal brand. So you got to consider yourself into that, that the buy is, are they going to follow me and are they going to stick around and are they going to be part of my community or am I going to build a product and are they going to buy it? So it all comes down to how they can trust you. What can you do for them? How can you help them? And So we can probably, you know, kind of start doing this by a simple way of doing it really is creating an image audit. And the way that you do that is by starting to identify three words that describe you. And I think this is really helpful. You know, it's the, if you will, the foundation of how you would start identifying your personal brand. You can get a handful of, say, five people in your inner circle and five people of in within your outer circle. Inner circle could be close friends, your significant other, your family, like immediate family members. And then the outer circle could be like former colleagues, people that you, maybe you went to school with, if you went to school and that you're close with, uh, but don't talk every day, but you guys are there. Maybe even people that you have connected with on LinkedIn and that you know that if you hit them up, they'll get back to you ask them hey if I asked you to describe me in three words what would they be and this is crazy I tried it myself and you will get literally people telling you from your internal group and your external groups telling you these three words that are repetitive like I to give you an example I kept getting that I was direct communicative and creative over and over again And I kid you not, I didn't think of myself that way at all. I mean, I didn't think I was a direct person whatsoever. And that's the the one thing that kept coming back from all of the people that I reached out to. And so it's, it's important to understand how others perceive you as well as how you perceive yourself to be able to craft your story. So those three words that you get back from all the people, you're going to put them on a list and you're going to truly see them outlined say it's on a word document on a piece of paper and then start underlining or circling the patterns and the repetitive words and then see which ones truly resonate with you because listen it's one thing for people to think you are something but if you can't identify with that word that's not gonna help you so you gotta truly believe that you are that 
And that's how you craft your story. And that's how you start understanding what value can you give? So, you know, you hear about value all the time. And the, the back end or the back work of value is understanding what can you give people? Why are you going to do this? And to who? That's what's valuable. Does that make sense? Yeah. And to start off, people need to, from the beginning, once they figure this out, put this in their bio. Because mm-hmm. have all these like random emojis, hashtags, tagging things, quotes. Like, I'm sorry, but no one cares about your damn quote. And no one cares about 20 emojis that you put on. Like, it's messy. People need to look on your thing. In three seconds, people need to identify who you are and why they need to stay. Because you're amazing. And if they relate to you, you relate to them. And people's time and their attention span is so quick that you need to grab people's attention in like one second and needs to look aesthetic it needs to look clear organized if not you're going to lose people yeah i also um i I do want to mention it sounds like it's a lot of work and i'll be very honest it's going to be a lot of work that's just the reality of it um it's not hard work but it's going to really make you think of your purpose um because if it was that easy then every i mean everybody kind of is doing it but there are only select few that um really excel and it's those that put in the work and we're talking about this a little bit earlier but you're gonna have to learn how to strategize you're gonna have to learn how to craft your story you're gonna have to learn maybe some marketing techniques right like the most successful influencers that's what they're learning Um, So we have to continually grow and learn. It's not something that we can just post, something that we can do on a whim. And there are going to be some days where it might feel that way and that's okay. But a lot of that content does have to be um, really well thought because consumers, people know, your followers know when you're like lacking. (laughs) They're not not dumb. They know what's going on. So I mean, honestly, though, if you really think about it, though. Do you, just because everyone is doing it doesn't mean everyone is listening. So, okay, great that everyone is doing it, right? But like you mentioned, you you can't get discouraged by that or that the fact that it takes a lot of work. I mean, if you want people to listen to you, you kind of have to create your own path and be a bad bitch. Yeah, like giving myself as an example, Paula gave her, gave me her time and helped me figure out for the podcast like what the point was because I knew I wanted to do a podcast I had the idea and then it was like just to refine what it actually meant and then creating the pillars so I feel like I'm a little case study of that thought process and I feel like it is good like if I didn't have the pillars if I didn't really think about it then it would have been messy and Maybe it could have done good or whatever or not, but I feel like I'm improving and I'm learning more things and it is work. It does take time, but if you want something, you have to work hard for it and, you know, research, you know, what works, what doesn't work and just improve along the way. And you're right. We did create those brand pillars for you. And I do see consistency, um, by the way. (laughs) So Mary had like all these ideas and we're like, okay, how do we pull them together? How do we make it make sense? So 
um, part of that is like, okay, she had her goals. We kind of kept it to those single few, which, you know, ended up being her key pillars. So every sort of content that comes out always falls back to those pillars. And really like her bigger story is, you know, being a bad bitch, she's going to show you how to do that. And, you know, and here are my episodes and this is what I stick to. And, you know, we see that consistency with the bad and ambitious brand. So I, I think it's a beautiful thing. I love it. Well, thank you. And also <laughs> like, if you can see on my Instagram, like I started out, I just wanted to start. I had the name. I had my logo because you made it amazing. Like next, you know what I mean? And I wanted to start right. But also I didn't want to really start too perfect because if you just like come up with all these excuses, you're never going to like be perfect. You know, mm-hmm. some episodes for me don't come out the way exactly the way I want. You know, there's only so much editing you can do. But just start and learn along the way. So like if you look at my Instagram feed in the beginning, it was kind of it was like whatever. But now it's like I'm more creative because like my mind is opening to like more things. and It's like becoming something and nothing really starts amazing from the beginning. Everything started with an idea and people learn through trial and error and what worked and what didn't work. What are the biggest mistakes people do if they want to make it on social media? I know we're kind of like, we're unconsciously talking about Instagram just because that's where I think a lot of um, influencers are nowadays, especially, you know, our generation, Um, but being on the wrong social platform. So if you know and understand your audience, and this pertains a little bit more to brands, but, you know, same theory stands, right? So if you know and understand your audience, you know where to show up for them. So... Going back to what Cami mentioned, um, you want to analyze your community and audience and make sure that you are meeting them where they are. So, for example, if I mean, because anybody can be an influencer at any age, right? Like you can be in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. But if you're, you know, or even a brand, if you're if you know that your key audience, like your ideal audience is going to be on TikTok right? Like that's where you're probably going to want to show up first. And then everything else is secondary if you have time or if your ideal audience is going to be on Instagram or Pinterest, right? Depending on your business model, um, you have to be where they are. Because if you're trying to reach, you know, um, I don't know, let's say 22 year olds and you're on Instagram and you know that they're all on in TikTok, then what are you doing, dude? Like you have to know where they are and meet them where they can see you. Totally. And even if you start like saying or seeing success in say like Pinterest or TikTok, then don't start diversifying your platform presence early on either, because like then you're going to cut yourself short and then you're going to hit that burnout like area and you don't want to get there either. Right. So I think it's it's this sentiment that you're like, oh, if I'm growing in this platform, then I can grow on that platform as well. And oftentimes that's what leads to being burned down and giving, giving up on your, on your idea, on your goal. And it's because you have this like idea that if you're making it on one platform, you can make it on others. And that's one of the biggest mistakes people can make, which is worrying about how many followers you have. And it's really not about that. It's about the quality of your content, not the quantity of, how many things you're posting, how many followers you have. It's not about that. It's truly about recognizing the power that your audience holds 
for your content in that given platform. And so if your content performs and is thriving on Pinterest, then keep feeding it and keep owning that community and giving back to them there. Because even though say someone uh, is on Instagram all the time, but they see you on Pinterest for any given reason, they're gonna probably share your link with everyone else at whatever platform they're on to your Pinterest. So you're still going to get that traffic at, on that platform that you started in. So not only is it about like, hey, I have to be everywhere so I make it. No, that's a mistake that you're gonna make. Focus on the platform that you feel comfortable in and kind of nurture that audience that you're creating. So give them the honest and the time that they, the honest time that they deserve. Stay on your platform and keep nourishing and really nurturing that community. Make it so strong that people on Instagram open up Pinterest accounts because of you. And now that is a thought leader. That's an influencer. You legitimately created a new action for someone because of the things that you're posting, the things that you're communicating. And that is how you make it. Not just trying to be a fraction of you in all platforms. Because that shit is draining. And it honestly doesn't even lead to much success at the end of the day. Yeah, a lot of people I've seen on Instagram, I know them. They're like mostly known from TikTok. And they'll hit on TikTok. They'll be like, oh, thank you guys for 3 million followers on TikTok. And they're posting on Instagram. But their Instagram only has like 200,000. So definitely just like stick to what you know. And I think it's also good to have another backup, though, which we have Mm -hmm. talked about is like if you lose an account you need to also have a community somewhere else because people are also if you have that many followers like people are feeding into what you're giving and if you just disappear like you know a lot of people make money from social media and I think this is the whole point of like this branding thing but you need to have like a backup people get hacked and Mm. it's Mm -hmm. a business you know you wouldn't start a business without having a plan b well your plan b shouldn't be in my opinion, another social platform, because then you, you're you still not in ownership of that audience. You need to take your audience off of social platforms and drive them to your own platform, which means email marketing, your yeah. own community. So don't think that because you are on Instagram or TikTok and have millions of followers, that's rented audience. That's not mm-hmm. yours. That's metas. So you got to get them out of there and put them in your own hub. It's almost like, you know, a lot of people at someone's house, but if they don't ever come to your house, they're not your friends. They're still their friends. Yeah. So you got to bring them to you. It's I see that happening right now with Etsy. Like, you know, Etsy is a, a platform where you can sell your product, right? And Etsy right now is closing certain people's shops based off of how they're um, how they're talking about their product if they don't like it, like if it's making a, a claim, that's that's a whole other thing. But if it's making a claim in a certain way where they don't like it, they'll close that shop. And then there goes, you know, all of your followers. You can't, you know, post any more products to sell. So that's, you know, why to your point, having a plan B or diversifying your audience and platforms really should be, you know, where it's at. Like, it shouldn't be that rented platform. It should be like you're gathering emails so that you can communicate with them. You're 
Um, you know, you have your own website so that you can continue communicating with them because you never know when something, you know, your, your account is going to get hacked. Things like that happen all the time. Um, so yeah, I agree. It's, it's a really smart choice to have that second place where your people can land. So to go along with that too, what about the social media myths? Because you had mentioned that it's just, we're behind on these things. Like everything is happening so fast with social media and there's like a new uh, update and there's like a new thing. And, you know, before I remember when it was just posting pictures with those stupid, ugly ass um, filters, (laughs) then it was like, they added location. So now people can like tag location and then the carousel thing and now real. So it's like, it's too fast for people to keep up with, especially if you like just mastered that one thing and now there's like a new thing to learn. So I remember at one point they were saying like, oh, you should post at a certain time every day. But Mm -hmm. when I post sometimes it's, I know a post is going to do well if I get a few likes within the first few seconds. And if it doesn't, I know it's trash. Like it's a lost cause. And it's like, (laughs) depends on the quality of what I'm posting. I know if I post like a thirst trap, off rip is going to do well. You know what I mean? It can be 3 a.m., 5 p.m., whatever. Because it's like, you know, it's the fucking thirst trap. But if it's like <laughs> thing where it's like a picture of like uh, whatever, something random, there's like you should know what you're posting and why you're posting it and not just post a post, not just, you know, feed your Instagram with like random shit just because you think that if you post every day that it's going to do something for you. No, like it needs to be about quality. Also, to go along with that, it's not about a specific time or posting every day. You need to stop, not you, that came out wrong, but you. What? it's not about posting at a certain time or posting every day or keeping this quote-unquote consistency. And it goes into don't post and ghost. Because people are like, oh, well, if I need to post at 7 a.m., I'm driving to work. But if I just schedule it or just like have it in my draft and hit post, that should be good. And then you go about your day. Well, what about the people that interacted with your content? Are you just going to let them like just die by themselves there? Like, oh, cool. No one interacted back with me. No, that post and ghost is not where it's at, baby girl. You got to move away from that and you got to start building their relationships. So if those, let's say, like you mentioned, five people liked it within the first three seconds that you posted it, go interact with those five people. Like, even say, oh my God, wow, send them a DM saying, you literally interacted with my post three seconds after I posted it. That's insane. Thank you so much. Build that communication with them because people is, are there to build a relationship. So it's about personalizing the conversations with them and being able to have that community, right? So how else are you going to build a community if you're trying to post at a certain time, let's say, as one of those myths that are out there? It's not about that. It's about, hey, how about you strategize your posting calendar or your posting days around the times that you can actually post and then engage with the people that are commenting or liking your content. And say if you're just starting out, Maybe what you need to consider is comment on other people's uh, posts and add some value, add your own perspective into what they're posting, what they're saying, and then post 
and then keep commenting and engaging with other accounts because that's you know also kind of going into more of a technical talk where you're tapping into the algorithm and the algorithm knows when you're investing time into your dms it understands how much time you're you're capitalizing on their platform which is really what they want right like you got to play the game to be able to thrive and survive in the space and so it's not just about like oh adding three hearts into people's comment section of their posts no it's about really creating conversations and that other people can see your account through your comments through what you're doing and essentially that's another myth you know that people are like oh well if I just post content daily at the same time people are gonna appear on my account and that's not what's happening at all it sounds like a lot of it is again to what you were saying it's not about you it's about your community it's about mm -hmm. what you are providing and you're giving to them. So, I mean, if it's for us, we're just posting, right? And hopefully we're, you know, using our followers to, um, I don't know, get more clicks on our affiliate link, right? And it's about us, but it's really about them. Like we should be engaging with them because it's about them. We wouldn't be anywhere without them. Exactly. Yeah, and for me, a lot of people, everyone on Instagram, for some like degree or another, they're there for attention. You comment on someone's post because you want attention. You're posting because you want attention. And people who comment on your stuff, if you don't respond to them, they're going to feel ignored and they might not ever comment on your shit again. Yep. So true. It's like people forget to be social on social media. It's like <laughs> it's literally part of the name of this whole new world. Yeah. And I have, I follow a few big influencers and a lot of them, Sometimes you just like comment something or like maybe you do have a genuine question about what they're posting or they post like a product on their stories and you're like, you really have a question about it. Sometimes, you know, they don't answer. I don't even remember if because everything's so fast. Like, I don't even remember if I asked a question, but sometimes they'll respond to me and then I feel like, OK, like they give a fuck or I don't know if it's them or if it's their assistant, I don't give a fuck, whatever. But regardless, they fed into like my need for a question, you know. And they made you feel valuable. They made you feel like you had the, what is it, validity? Yeah. <laughs> but they made you feel valued. So you're going to continue following them. You're going to continue engaging. Um, and you've built that trust with them. So if they post about a product that they absolutely, you know, love or really stand behind more than likely, you're, you're going to be like, oh, okay, well, let me check it out. Maybe I might want this too. Yeah, that's exactly. so interesting that the three of us literally, as you were saying that, Mary, we all went to, oh, they made you feel something. So if anyone wants to get any takeaway from this is that you got to make people feel something. Mm -hmm. So in terms of like those social media myths for me, I would say it's not so much a myth, but more of like outdated strategy. So to me, all myths are outdated strategy, like could be five to 10 years behind, right? And just assuming again, that we're like talking about Instagram. Um, and going back to what we said earlier, as an influencer, we have to learn these marketing strategies. We have to do the homework. We have to give, even if it's like an hour a week to learning, or it doesn't even have to be every week, every other week. You commit to an hour to learning, okay, what are the new trends? What's working? What's not working anymore? Because it does change, especially on Instagram. It's changing so much 
Um, but the biggest one right now on Instagram is the overuse of hashtags. <laughs> we do not need to use hashtags the way that you know, we thought we did. There was like once upon a time, you're an influencer, you have 30 hashtags that you were copying and pasting from your notes. And you had like maybe three or four variations of it. Like that stuff does not fly. And like Cammie can tell you because she's a little bit more involved with like um, influencer um, uh, content and, and social media trends. But like that stuff is just not it doesn't work anymore. Um, unless you're a brand and you're looking to see like how your campaign performed, how many influencers interacted with this product in this campaign. Once you send out like a, you know, mass media kit to all the influencers, like maybe as a brand that might come in handy, maybe, but it's just not the way that um, you're, you're, they're no longer measuring success in that way. Um, but I do want to go back to what Cami was saying earlier about community and how to further those relationships, right? Like, what are we doing for our community? Part of my job, my uh, my regular daytime job, consumer trends and behaviors is something that I have to research a lot on. So right now I'm really diving deep into trends for 2025 and just how consumers are behaving. Um, so I, I do want to talk about this because I think this is really important. This is going to help all influencers really learn and understand how they should be present for their community. So millennials, which is myself, grew up with the internet evolving. Like it was vast. It was huge. There was so much. We had like dancing hamsters. I could talk to someone on AIM in like in New York. Like it was just so big. And now part of those trends, what we're seeing, and I'm already seeing it, but there's like there's not a lot of talk about yet. Um, this new generation, so Gen Zers, they actually want a smaller internet. And what that means is they want niche communities. So in these niche communities, they have something called algo speak. Um, and algo speak is like certain words that mean something, but you would only know if you were part of like that digitized uh, niche community, right? And there's like a shared mindset and you just you know like the if you know you know right like it's that sort of algo speak to that niche community so over the next few years we'll start to see a shift from like this mass this mass you know culture pop culture and we're going to see microcultures so there's um it's it's driving a rise in interest-based creators communities and flat and platforms redefining these digital cultures as we know it. So what I think is really interesting with influencers right now is they have the opportunity to create these niche communities and these if you know, you know, with their core audience and maybe with other influencers that are also standing behind, you know, the, the same topics of conversation. So again, don't feel like you are in this alone. Like, how am I going to stand out from from everyone. And these are my competitors. Like you could band together and create a community and like this, if you know, you know, certain scenario, but there are these niche communities and that's going to be the future of the internet and how consumers are behaving. Like we already see it with plants, right? I love plants and home decor. So I'm learning so much about these niche cultures already and I'm seeing it happen, but there's not quite like a description for it just yet. 
Um, but I just think it's so interesting that it's it's happening right now. We're in the middle of it happening right now. And influencers could really use that to their advantage. So, you know, again, like there's just so much that we could be doing. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, and I feel like people should not focus so much on other people. Just focus on yourself. That's how I've become successful because I literally stay in my lane and I try to be my best self. And with my podcast, I'm not comparing myself to other podcasts and what they're doing. I'm just saying like, okay, what do I want to do? And if I come across something that I like, I'm going to implement it and be my own, you know, person, have my own aesthetic. And I think that's why people stay because it's authentic. And I think also with the conversation about influencers and all that in the communities, there, I feel like I see the trend before it was like people followed these big influencers because I think society wanted like their life and like, oh my God, if people have money, they're successful, whatever. But now I feel like people are seeing a trend of like, they want people to be more relatable because I feel like the whole like influencer thing was kind of exploited. And you know what I mean? Like people got rich quick, but now it's yeah. like, but well, even well, even now, like brands prioritize uh, micro and nano influencers versus like the bigger influencers. It they still partner with like the bigger influencers, but it's not like their their biggest part of their budget is not allocated towards that. It's allocated towards micro and nano influencers. So again, just because you don't have, uh, you know, I don't know, five hundred k followers, like you know, maybe you have a couple thousand or you have like ten k, right? And you have that many, you know, followers, and they're engaging with you. As long as they're engaging with you, and they believe in the message that you're giving, um, those brands are more than likely going to want to partner with you than have to spend X amount on some, you know, big big ass influencer. Which that's possible too, but again their budgets are allocated towards nano and micro influencers. That's who they want to partner with first and very regularly. Yeah. So also what I, we definitely touched a lot of things on this podcast, but we are going to do a part two about honing in. Once you already have your personal brand figured out, like you already thought about it, what's the next step? So we're going to do another episode on how to actually execute that and plan that out. So this was amazing. You guys gave a lot of pointers and I definitely learned a lot too. And I know you guys have so much information that the world needs to know. So let everyone know where they can find you, the brand, Arden Hive, and then your personal accounts. Yeah. So for Arden Hive, you can follow us at, at the Arden Hive across all socials. Mainly we're hanging out at Pinterest and Instagram. So give us a holla there. And then I actually started a new personal adventure of a cozy coastal home. That's the name of the handle, a cozy coastal home. Just bought a house and um, you, my partner and I were getting familiar with just the area. It's uh, literally like a jungle out here. And so we just tend to go on a lot of walks and we're DIY in our own house, hence the home decor references because we're kind of doing everything all at once. So if you're interested in that, go follow me there. And for me, I am at Jador underscore Paula. Um, and I post a lot of outdoorsy things. So we just moved from Colorado to Northwest Georgia. So we're also just like discovering all the new stuff. We also bought a house. 
Um, so we're kind of like fixing that up and we're getting to, you know, really get to know the area outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is where we're at. And yeah, you can follow me there. Awesome. So also with this episode, we're going to give out a freebie, a little worksheet where people can actually do the homework and implement what they learned on this episode, because I know it was a lot to take in. So we're going to include basically the pointers of, if you want to explain it. Yeah, so it pretty much has the image audit. So like how to go about it. It's also going to have like little fill in the blanks, if you will, where we're going to give you the main questions that you should be thinking about and then an area where you can fill it in. So it's almost like a open space for you to start just brain dumping and just kind of putting it all into a paper so that you can see and start outlining with episode two, you'll find the how to implement all these thoughts that you're going to put on this freebie into action. So you'll have the image audit, then what you need to be thinking about, what other questions to ask yourself before you start truly deploying what it's like to build a personal brand. Yeah, and this is also for people who want to do influencing, which we did talk a lot about, but this is, I think, one of the steps to if you want to launch a product, whatever it may be that there's a lot of parallels to it and you just need to get specific and we're here to help you and definitely give these ladies a follow because they definitely have helped me and you can see like I've implemented things that Paula has told me so thank you ladies and everybody stay tuned for part two thank you bye